You're now listening to The Electrical Current, a podcast series brought to you by the independent electrical contractors. Welcome to the IEC National Podcast Series, The Electrical Current. I'm your host for the show, IEC National CEO, Spencer Vilwalk. During this podcast series, we will talk with folks throughout America that help to make the electrical and systems contracting industry truly great. Today, our featured guest is Bob Lerman. Bob is an Institute Fellow in the Center for Labor, Human Services, and Population at the Urban Institute here in Washington, D.C. He's a leading expert on apprenticeship, and he recently established the American Institute for Innovative Apprenticeship. He has focused his, he's focused on apprenticeship and workforce development issues for decades, and he's one of the first scholars to propose a youth apprenticeship strategy in the United States to combat many of the issues that affect our country, our businesses, our economy, and our communities. I could go on and on, but without further ado, I'd like to welcome Dr. Bob Lerman to the IEC National Podcast Series, The Electrical Current. Welcome, Bob. Yeah. Thanks, Spencer. Glad to be with you. Fantastic, fantastic. And and uh, we're doing uh, do a lot of these uh, via phone, but today we're in person here in, in uh, Washington D.C. at the Urban Institute offices. So thanks for having me here today, Bob. Sure. Terrific. Um, well, I wonder if we could start first um, and just share a little bit about uh, where you grew up and, and some of your background. Yes. Well, I grew up in South Bend, Indiana. Uh huh. And um, my dad started a small company there, uh, a steel service center, and uh, I worked there stacking steel, and um, the relevance to apprenticeship is that I noticed that even in jobs that supposedly are called semi-skilled, that there was a big difference between people who were superb at it, real experts, and people who were just mediocre. Um, One particular machine was the slitting operation, and uh, we had a fellow named George Page, who was the best slitter operator, so much so that when companies had hard slitting jobs, they told my dad, have George Page do this one. George, they would request him by name. That's great. That's great. It's craftsmanship. So um, I grew up in a big family, and... South Bend, uh-huh. and um, many of uh, my brothers are still there. And Is that right? Continuing uh, in the manufacturing tradition. Is that right? Wow. Uh, how, in, many, how many in siblings? In Big families. Uh, uh, I have uh, eight brothers and one sister. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Very big. <laughs> Family reunions are right. In, yeah. Very big. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, that's great. So, so yeah, so South Bend, Indiana. So, yeah, very, very heavy manufacturing area of, of uh, the country, it, really. Yeah, it had been. Yeah. Uh, it, it declined, of course, yeah. uh, even in the 1960s with mm-hmm. the exit of Studebaker, the exit of Bendix. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's having a little bit of a resurgence. Gotcha, gotcha, excellent. Well, that's that's great. Fundamental, you know, fundamental understanding and appreciation for um, people working with their hands and you having direct and including with them. electricians. Uh, yeah, at, yeah. At the plant, we definitely have electricians. Oh, great, there. great, fantastic. Well, good. Um, well, well, talking about getting into apprenticeship a little bit, and, and again, yeah, we're, you're one of the, the foremost leading experts in the country on, on this issue. Um, I, I wonder if you could help to explain a bit of, of your view of, of what the current landscape of apprenticeship in America looks like. Right. Well, 
we now have a second chance, I think, of mm -hmm. it as uh, to expand the scale of apprenticeship beyond um, the wonderful apprenticeship programs that you have in construction and yeah. uh, certainly in electricians and so on. Um, and just to put a little face on it, um, in Switzerland, which has the largest apprenticeship penetration, mm -hmm. Uh, Ninety-five percent of twenty-five-year-olds have either a BA or an apprenticeship completion, hmm. and they have a lower rate of BAs than we do. Wow! So that's mostly apprenticeship completions. Wow! Wow! And that covers such a broad spectrum of occupations you wouldn't believe, and yeah. it raises the quality of all the occupations, right. not just uh, a few. Hmm. So uh, there was a lot of interest in that in mm -hmm. the late 1980s, early 90s. Yes. Uh, George H.W. Bush proposed the National Youth Apprenticeship Act right. of 1992. Yeah, yeah. And Bill Clinton liked apprenticeship, but the bill that uh, he ended up with really downplayed apprenticeship tremendously. Mm -hmm. By the late uh, 1990s, the whole effort ha was abandoned. Now, move forward another two decades, and we'll see that uh, people again realize that the countries that have these robust apprenticeship systems have a big middle class, yeah. uh, don't have the huge amounts of uh, college expenditures, mm -hmm. uh, and high dropouts, I might right. add, from college. Right, right. Um, and these problems of the college for all approach that yes. we've been using over the last 20 years mm -hmm. uh people began to realize there is another way there's another way Ima and, imagine that yeah and yeah. um late in the obama administration and now in the trump administration mm -hmm. we've seen some increase in federal investment in apprenticeship yeah. um and we've had a lot of interest by governors other state officials, by think tanks, mm -hmm. by org foundations. Uh, so it seems to me we now have a second try yes. uh, to scale apprenticeship in the United States. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and, and now's the time. Now's the time to be able now to Now is a great time. Uh, we need skilled workers. Mm -hmm. um, uh, added skill is going to help with uh, wage stagnation. Mm -hmm. Um, and more importantly, I think, or at least as importantly, um, gives people a sense of pride when they complete Agreed. an apprenticeship. Agreed. Uh, they have a sense of occupational identity yes. that uh, puts them in what we call a community of practice, mm -hmm. whether it be uh, managing a hotel uh, whether it be landscaping, right. whether it be becoming right. an outstanding electrician, right. uh, you're able to do something that your neighbor can't do. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you judge people only on academic merit, yes. and you have, you know, you worked hard and you graduated with a B-minus average, right. you know, you're proud you graduated, but right. you know you're way below the top people. Right. But if... You can be the top person in whatever field you're in yes. through apprenticeship. Yes. And that can raise, as I mentioned, the quality in all 
all careers. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, I want to I want to ask you about a um, couple of things, and and uh, but first on on uh, the the college for all that, that right. you mentioned. Was there what was the turning point? How did we start? Uh, Moving away undervaluing, from it? undervaluing the the um, the traditional pathways in apprenticeship and, and vocational uh, uh, fairness, if you will. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, I think there were a variety of uh, causes. Mm-hmm. One was the belief that people were shunted to vocational yes. uh, education as a second chance mm-hmm. as a way of, uh, of uh, not having a, as much mobility right, as right. those going to university. Um, second part was that uh, almost all of our vocational education as understood mm-hmm. was school-based yes. and uh, did not involve the, right. the extensive uh, Hands-on learning, job, yeah, uh, yeah. learning by doing, contributing mm-hmm. to production right, right. that apprenticeship provides. Mm-hmm. So some of these school-based programs were not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I do believe even even with the school-based programs, uh, the impact was somewhat positive, was yeah. broadly positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a defensiveness about people uh, suggesting some route other than college as if uh well yes you're telling my child that he shouldn't go to college yeah uh and of course no one was telling anybody they shouldn't go right uh the whole issue was how can we expand opportunities so Mm -hmm. that people especially at that time Mm -hmm. immediately after high school right uh can choose alternative routes at least for right. a period of time. Right. Uh, a period of time until they really learn how to learn. Right. And then, right. sorry. No, bring them in. We can we can talk <laughs> with them too. <laughs> I'm very sorry. No, I, I love it. Should have shut it. That's all right. Um, anyway, yeah. um, so um, uh, that that. Uh, and then the, there became an issue that uh, it mm-hmm. was a vocational education mm-hmm. was associated with shunting aside mm-hmm. low-income people, minorities, mm-hmm. and that that uh, was part of our past discrimination and mm-hmm. so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, Jim Rosenbaum, a Northwestern sociology professor, mm-hmm. uh, once talked about how uh, uh, high school counselors had become so defensive yes. based on this prior notion of uh, vocational education shunting yeah. people aside yeah. that no matter what, they, they, they couldn't say to anybody, well, maybe college wouldn't be the best thing for right. you. It was, it was unpopular to say that. It was, yeah. it, was yeah. As yeah. If, it was as if if you told a child, yeah. even a child getting you know, C's in high school, yeah. that maybe another route would be better. Right. Um, they were afraid of doing that because uh, you know, parents would come by par- and yeah, so sure. on. Yeah. And then in turn, uh, principals were judged on the share of people going on to college. Uh, Even today, that is a common 
a measure of yes. success of yes. a uh, of a high school. Right. So we 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 still have a fight to put in, uh, go, including a high quality apprenticeship. Agreed. Alongside of uh, going to college, right. and of course, many of the colleges were not fantastic. Right. Uh, right. Some of the two-year colleges mm-hmm. were not great programs. Uh, a lot of them were not occupationally based even. Mm-hmm. The dropouts have been abysmal, yeah. rates have been abysmal. So I think we're be, as people began to learn yeah. that uh, pattern was far from ideal. Correct. Uh, we turned back to apprenticeship. Yeah. Yeah, we started to migrate back to wake up. To, right. And, and not, not that, you know, yeah, I, I, I follow your thread there because I think, um, yeah, well, yeah, there was perhaps implicit pieces of, of that changed the our belief structure around higher education, and, and as there was explicit and, and implicit pieces within that. And and then also, yeah, that, that um, culture changed in which then yeah, you had – we could talk about helicopter parenting, and we could talk yes. about all different things in there too. That that um, that they, we started to value the pursuit of higher education, and then started to base our metrics of success based off a of placement of higher education. Correct. But nowhere along that pathway did we really talk about the end goal, which is then productivity within the workforce and your chosen career path. Correct. It's all about pursuit of further well, academics. Yeah. So I think one thing that. Uh, happened was the use of data, the misuse of data in a way, because uh, you would compare, let's say, the earnings of a four-year college graduate Mm -hmm. uh, with the earnings of somebody who only had completed high school, and that gap did widen. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem is, of course, it lumped together everything, and it didn't incorporate, for example, uh, a college versus, let's say, a quality apprenticeship. Trade. Right, right. And so um, we haven't really hardly measured yes. uh, apprenticeships uh, in this country. Now, mm-hmm. the second thing about it is that uh, apprenticeships in the United States have long been associated with uh, building trade occupations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are unaware that mm-hmm. in other countries – uh, apprenticeships can cover such a wide spectrum much, yeah, much broader of, of yeah, occupations. Yeah, yeah. I would say one other thing toward the turnaround mm-hmm. and really, in a way, inspired me to push back yeah. uh, uh, after being disappointed in uh-huh. the 90s and yeah. turning some other things uh, was the success of Australia and England Interesting. Okay. in scaling apprenticeship. Yeah. Because um, many of the critics of trying to expand apprenticeship in the U.S. would mm-hmm. say, oh, well, it's a Central European thing. Mm-hmm. It's all part of their tradition. Yeah. We don't have that tradition, and therefore we can Just never do it. Discredit it but yeah, yes. for, for the sake of yeah. so, But mm-hmm. uh, when you have two uh, English-speaking market-oriented countries yes. um, scaling apprenticeship to yeah. a very high scale, right. Uh, you begin to realize, well, it can be done. It can be done, yeah. And in England, they they managed to achieve in a decade mm-hmm. a huge increase in scale. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Is, are there what are the lessons learned that that we can take a look at as as an American people and as an American country with some of these yeah more recent pieces and. And also, yeah, like Switzerland, for example, yes. that, that well, really doing yeah, it well. Yeah, I, I think we've, we've seen 
So the governor of Colorado mm-hmm. brought a whole contingent of people mm-hmm. to Switzerland. And I'm told the first couple of days they said, oh, we could not yeah. replicate it. And then mm-hmm. as they did more and more, they said, well, maybe we can try it. Yeah. And then by the end, they were all very enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to get things started along the Swiss model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a, uh, it's, it's a big task. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I think is very underplayed mm-hmm. in uh, the discussions of apprenticeship is having um, a cadre of either uh, people, uh, public sector or private sector, mm-hmm. or even profit making people, yes. who are able to go out to companies, mm-hmm. teach them about apprenticeship, mm-hmm. learn about the occupational areas that they want people to have a yeah. high skill in. Yeah how to organize it, Mm -hmm. how to build it up so Mm -hmm. that they can hire somebody into Mm -hmm. an apprenticeship without going through huge amounts of paperwork and uh, starting and stopping and Mm -hmm. so on without taking months and months to develop a skill uh, framework. Mm -hmm. So that what I call selling and organizing apprenticeship, that function Mm – is it critical importance in the United States where most companies, they know a bit about internships. Mm-hmm. They don't really understand apprenticeships at the depth that yes. they need to and how it applies in their firm. In their firm, in their company, in, in their industry. In a lot right. Of it, yeah. And yeah. one of the lessons is that in England, they had a whole set of private companies mm-hmm. uh, that were incentivized to do that. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then we see, even in our country, in South Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, there's a group called Apprenticeship Carolina. They're uh, located uh, in the system office hmm. of the uh, of the community college, technical college, excuse me, the South Carolina Technical College system office. Okay. And with about seven or eight people, they were able to move from 90 companies doing apprenticeship in 2008 to over 700 in 2013. They're now, I think, over 1,000, just with a a relatively small number of people. In that local area. But very talented, very talented. It requires um, the kind of personality, the ability to listen, the ability to formulate uh, what occupational areas um, and they've worked well with the technical college system. Mm-hmm. Not every community college uh, is able to do that Understood. well. Understood, yeah. But the technical college system, when even those that are very interested in helping mm-hmm. uh, the, with the apprenticeship agenda, the great thing about uh, what happens there in South Carolina is mm-hmm. they have an apprenticeship consultant okay. that can go – once uh, the uh, a contact with an employer is made, mm-hmm. then the apprenticeship consultant can help go through the full process of organizing it. Gotcha. Now help them to construct. Yeah. The, uh, now the, of course, you know, the right uh, of course, huh. your contractors right. they have a lot of experience with apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. But you have to realize not everybody does. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, it, it's interesting. Yeah, I like that we're getting into kind of the local, the local level, and, and some of that um, that piece of, of 
call to action and, and some success you know, within South Carolina. So one of my questions too is around you know, that, that what what can what can individuals do in in their local areas? And, and sounds like yeah, just continue to to speak out and, and share the the value of apprenticeship. Well, share, share the message. value, share the value, mm-hmm. and um, try to lobby for having uh, apprenticeship funding mm-hmm. not favored yes but provided with the same access yes uh to public funds yes. as any other career focused yeah, yep. career developmental process right. uh years ago there was uh, a foundation that uh, produced a report called the forgotten half huh okay and um the idea was uh that half uh of youth did yes. not go on to college. Uh, now it's only 40% yeah. that uh, don't go on to college if they graduate high school, but it's more than half right. <laughs> that don't graduate. Right, right. Um, so anyway, um, but what that report uh, revealed was that almost all of the post-secondary funding mm-hmm went for what I call the academic-only approach, yeah. which is yeah. just uh, being in school. And, and you know, that can be fine for some people. Sure. Uh, I, I think it's a mistake to try to put all our eggs in, in, a, one, in one basket, basket yeah. and force people into a kind of uniformity. Correct, correct. Um, you know, you if you talk to middle-class parents even, you'll find that they'll say, well... For one of my children, college was great. They were ready for it. For mm-hmm. my other child, you know, college wasn't really what that right. young person wanted to get into. He wanted yes. to be doing stuff. He yes. wanted to produce stuff. Right. He wanted to, uh, you know, learn yeah. by doing. Yeah. And um, so, again, I think if, if we put apprenticeship funding at mm-hmm. the same uh, level. Same value, same. Yes, yeah, and yeah. and judge judge the apprentices. Correct. Judge the apprentices against other uses of public funds to prepare people for careers. Yeah. So to be outspoken on that, but I believe that the funding is not enough. The mm-hmm. funding uh, will require still this second point that I mentioned: okay. the selling and organizing. Yes. Yeah. Finding a way to support that to and encourage businesses to yes. understand, yeah, to yes. give them give them a depth of understanding as to yes. what apprenticeship is. Because yes. I, I think you're right. Because I think that you know there are uh, traditional apprenticeship pathways, especially you know that are very established, like in the in the uh, construction sure. sector and, and you know in our our world in the electrical and systems construction sector. But um, but yeah, in, in other industries, they they are much more familiar with a. Uh, uh, an internship model, correct, which has some similarities, yes, but um, and and you know I think you're looking at a lot of th- it's interesting too, and even you know big business has taken a look at this differently. I think it was uh, Google recently. Then with all their um, their hiring practices, they stripped away the 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 need for a college degree yeah. in in any of their roles that they're hiring for because and that's a bold step. Make, but it they're is. looking for innovation, and they're looking for the 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 the, the right um, the right drives and, and the right you know the right abilities for a person to be able to do that. And they're saying that 
they're not discrediting higher education and the value of that, but they're 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 saying that it, it's it's up to the individual. Yeah, you know, there are alternative ways. ways. Correct. And especially in today's world where yes. you can, you know, hear courses online right. and we can uh, educate ourselves in so many different ways. Yeah, the, Podcasts. Edu- imagine right, that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you know, I do think you know, I was a professor of economics, yeah. and yeah. I think professors can contribute. Yes. But again, um, student engagement is the most important yeah. method of yeah. learning. Yeah. And I think if if you you know finish high school and you like computers, and that's really what you want to do, and you get right. an IT apprenticeship and right. you complete it, um, then maybe your curiosity will increase for you know, learning much more about World yeah. War II history. Right, right. So uh, you'll pick that up, yeah. uh, but you will have learned how to learn because yeah. a good apprenticeship incorporates a lot of the theoretical learning uh, that uh, does require hard study. Yes. Uh, and as well as, you know, the on-the-job learning, which requires... Um, Problem solving and all yeah. these other attributes. Yeah, dynamic I think I think yeah. there's also a greater appreciation mm-hmm. that um, soft skills are not soft. Yeah. That uh, hmm. employability skills are really critical to the success of a worker. Amen. And yeah. you cannot get those in a classroom. Right. Right. You simply cannot get those in a classroom. Right. Um, and you might not get them as well in some work environments, mm-hmm. but in a structured work environment, mm-hmm. such as apprenticeship, mm-hmm. where you're working under a mentor yes. who knows how to deal with you, yes. um, you know, you're working toward that occupational certification goal. Right. Then, you know, those kinds of um, employability skills come into play. Mm-hmm. And the second thing about employability skills people don't understand is that uh, the nature of those skills can vary with the occupation. Um, You know, uh, if you are, uh, uh, it's important to be alert in all your occupations, but if you are um, uh, operating, uh, overseeing, the uh, uh, the overseeing the th- things that are running a nu- yeah. nuclear power plant. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, the the employability skills you need there yeah. are somewhat different from a customer service representative, right, right. where you're interacting with people and yes. you want to. Yes. Uh, you still have to be alert, but yes. the level of alertness it, it varies <laughs> varies greatly, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you're learning that. Yeah. In the context of an occupation, and of a profession. And the hard skills within it, yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Um, where do we go from here? Uh, what, uh, how do you think we wh- – where are we going to continue to evolve, you believe, you know, if, you, if you're able to look in the crystal ball and see it? Uh, well, I think we're at a crossroads. Yeah. Um, I think over the next few years mm-hmm. there is support. There's support at the state level. Mm-hmm. At least – uh, at least support um, that's rhetorical. Rhetorical, and, that's what uh, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, a modest level of funding. Yeah. 
Uh, it's funny because the federal government has been spending over the last 20 years about $30 million mm -hmm. for the Office of Apprenticeship. That yeah. was the entire federal government. Their budget. Investment, yeah. Yeah. the share, yeah. the number of FTEs in the Office of Apprenticeship, which used to be the Bureau of Apprenticeship, mm -hmm. uh, fell by more than half mm -hmm. over the last 25 years. Yeah. Um, and now we have a, an investment of, say, $200 million. Mm -hmm. Not so much in the office, but overall. Yes. 150 to 200 million mm -hmm. and everybody's congratulating themselves right. well um in just the yeah. just the pell grant program <laughs> right. alone right. is like 34 billion billion with a billion with a billion, billion. yeah yeah and um that has a lot of problems people don't yeah. graduate yeah. uh and a fair amount of that uh 33 32 billion mm -hmm. goes for career-focused yeah. uh, programs, right. whether they be in uh, uh, proprietary colleges mm -hmm. or even two-year colleges to get uh, living uh, yeah. support. Yeah. Um, hmm. And the results are not nearly as good yeah. as a high-quality apprenticeship. So mm -hmm. I think um, that as we kind of try to build this out, I yeah. hope we reach a kind of tipping point. Yes. Where number one, uh, uh, a company manager will see a, another manager and mm -hmm. say, "Have you tried apprenticeship?" Yes. <laughs> and where a company manager will say to his representative, "Hey, uh, you know, you're spending all this money on full-time college people. Why don't you help us with the off-job?" Yep. education for the apprenticeship right right uh, why do we have to spend all that money when people are going into career focused training yes. uh, through the, a community college yes. uh, get a huge amount of public support mm -hmm. so that's those are the trends I think we need yeah but alongside those two as I said we need to build up a broader cadre of people who are mm -hmm. good at sort of selling and organizing. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to a Swiss mm -hmm. economist mm -hmm. about this. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, in Switzerland, all the employers know about apprenticeship, mm -hmm. so you don't need that function very much. Yeah. So he said, well, you're right. We do have people that know about it. Mm -hmm. But what you have to remember is that, you know, businesses go out of business, new businesses start. Right. And as a new business starts, have to we have yeah. to re-educate right. uh, the, the new people. So yeah. even in a place like Switzerland, yeah. uh, they need that function. And I think we have to make sure that that function is a part of any plan uh, to scale apprenticeship. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I, I agree with you, especially on the... Uh, the the um, the tenor and the volume of this conversation has been turned up, but but and we've seen some movement in some direction in, in America over the last few years, um, but but uh, yeah, is it still at the level of of just rhetoric? And and how do we get to that tipping point? I guess. Uh, well, that's what I'm trying to work on. <laughs> that's your uh, life's work. That's your yeah, life's that's work. my life. Yeah. Well, that's too. why I haven't retired. Me too. But uh, <laughs> I I. Um, huh. You know, we just try to have to just keep, keep engage yeah. industry yeah. group and in, by industry group. We yeah. have to engage uh, 
we have to, you know, change the mentality of more and more people. Yeah. The funny thing is that if you talk to somebody on the street, mm -hmm. they understand it right away. Exactly. Exactly. They understand it right away. Yeah. It's, it's really, in some sense, the elites that we have to uh, educate. Yeah. And even, I have to say, uh, as an economist, yeah. some economists, yeah. uh, economists sometimes will say, well, why will a firm ever engage in an apprenticeship mm -hmm. because once they train somebody, mm -hmm. uh, he might leave. Yeah. Um, but they don't really understand apprenticeship mm -hmm. because the biggest thing they miss is that the apprentice is contributing to production as they learn. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to hire somebody to do that work, right. number one. Right. Number two, a lot of what they're learning is related to your own, to your, specific, your company. Yeah, your, your culture of your company. The and culture function. of your company. Yeah, and yeah. if you hire somebody off the street, you're going to have to teach them from Correct. the beginning. Correct. Uh, all of those specific elements right, that right. relate to your company. Yeah. And third, I think people do have a sense of loyalty that yes. uh, the place that trained them, By and large, they yeah, want to give yeah. them uh, a real shot Absolutely. At, at staying. You know, they have to, they have to pay for it. Yeah. But so I think um, in yeah. some ways uh, academics are to blame. Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, not being as enthusiastic about it. Mm -hmm. And of course, almost all the policymakers, where did they come from? Sure. They sure. came from four year colleges. A academic institutions, yeah. Th th it's a matter of, of, of uh, human efficiencies of the mind and experience right. in some right. ways that it's right. out of sight, out of mind. It's, and and they know. don't really, hmm. I don't think they fully grasp mm -hmm. uh, the level of skill yeah. yes. that's embodied Amen. Yeah. in whether it be uh, carpentry or whether yeah. it be a electrical right. apprenticeship or whether it be machi operating machine, whether right. it's doing CAD programming, right. Right. Uh, even whether it's doing, you know, effective landscaping. Yes, yes. They don't really know that, you know, for every job that people do, mm -hmm. there is a problem that they have to overcome. Yes. There's a special circumstance right. they have to deal with. It does involve using your mind. Correct. Um, very complex, so it's, very complex it's, problems. Yeah, it's 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 sort of a it's 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 just a lack of understanding, Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and lack of exposure, right, right, uh, to the range of skill right. that's embodied in a lot of occupations. You're right, you're right. Which is, I think, part of you know, the, the human efficiencies of the mind as well, yeah. because we we take for granted the infrastructure. That we that is Correct. around us, the home that we live in. Right. If if we're fortunate enough to be able to have that, you know, that that we're it's not under construction right now, or, or many of them aren't, and so you just is right. the roads that we drive on, you know, the the, the offices that we work in, you know, and everything in between. That that um, and 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 I think yeah, most most people that that aren't in the construction sector and 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 or or in you know the skilled trades in that direction then um, we drive by these things we kind of take notice and, and it inconveniences us well it used to take me <laughs> point a to point b is 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 11 minutes but there's road construction right you know and, and they kind of drive by and, and kind of you know look over and, and don't have an understanding as to the right. complexity of, of all the problems that are being solved there and and the things that are being provided back you know to each one of us to be able to then enjoy you know within our lives so 
So yeah, that that awareness piece and, and helping people to wake up um, yeah. and, and is is critical within it and, and uh, realize once once an apprentice goes yeah. through that, they yeah. obviously know all that. Correct, correct. They obviously know all correct. that. But correct, and we and we need to. I believe in in this country, we need to to, to uh, value value different pathways um, in, in a more equitable fashion, in which then. Um, to, to give people opportunities for those pathways and to align themselves with their own innate desires, skills that are that are highly demanded in the marketplace to be able to align them with career yeah. careers. Along you know, many people say that, um, you know, that uh, we have to encourage people to go into these fields. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, and that there's truth to that. Yeah. But... Overall, and I'm not talking specific uh, yes. particular uh, areas, but overall, I think the bigger problem is getting enough apprenticeship offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Because yeah. I, I believe that once a cohort of young people mm-hmm. goes into an apprenticeship, uh, or at least several people in that cohort go into an apprenticeship and they start doing it. Yes. They'll tell their brothers. They'll tell, the, They'll it, tell their it, friends. It, yes. Hey, you know, I am earning money. Right. This stuff is kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm making friends. Yeah. Uh, producing stuff. I'm earning money. Right. I don't have to worry about debt. Yep. Um, and uh, it's a real career. Right. Right. Um, and huh. so, I think that. The bigger problem still is getting enough offers. Yeah, yeah. And once we have enough offers, because it's hard to, that's where we have this chicken-egg problem. Mm-hmm. It's hard to mobilize mm-hmm. a massive share, let's say, of a high school class yeah. if we know that only 10% of them right. can get into an apprenticeship because yeah. there, there are only enough slots for that 10%. Right, right, understood. If yeah. we have, you know, 20, 30, 40%, yeah. Then we have something we can really uh, mobilize. Right, right. Uh, mobilize the community, mobilize the uh, counselors, mm-hmm. and so on. Understood. Yeah, because and, and that gets back then to yeah your, your your other two pieces of yeah opening up then funding opportunities and then two then the the um, advocacy piece. Yeah, and the selling know, and, and the selling it because then more businesses that then have that then the more slots that are available in different right. a variety of different uh, right. avenues of apprenticeship. Right. And then that helps to round out that package, getting closer to uh, uh, Switzerland type of yeah. piece, where ninety five percent of people have. And it becomes a yeah. mainstream, right? A mainstream approach. Correct. Um, huh. I sometimes tell, tell some of the elites who are yeah. questioning me about apprenticeship uh-huh. that uh, in England, yes, it's harder to get into the Rolls Royce engineering apprenticeship yeah. than into Oxford or Cambridge. Is that right? Is that right? So. Or probably Harvard. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. You just you just made my my week with that one, Bob. Thank you. Um. That, that's tremendous. It's, it's been a wonderful conversation, and, and uh, I want to be respectful of your time here too. And um, but I want to ask you uh, a little bit about uh, on the personal level. What do you do for fun? Oh, for me? Yeah. Oh, I'm a big sports nut. Yeah. Are you? Okay. Yeah. I watch ball games. But I try to play some tennis. Yeah. And I'm also uh, jazz and classical. Really. Aficionado. Uh, I yeah. used to play saxophone, not so really? much anymore, yeah. but. Uh, and 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 frankly, yeah. uh, reading reading yeah. great 
yeah. work. I, I know, even though I went to a high quality uh, university in high school, I really didn't have that much intellectual curiosity. Yeah. I mean, college brought it to me. Yeah. But um, people have gained that. You know, it, again, it it sort of made me aware of how people gain it at different yes. times. Yes. Uh, when I went to college, you know, the people that I I started with, yeah. they had been far more broadly read than I had uh-huh. been. Um, and I barely read a book I didn't have to read. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now we I... We have some similarities really, there, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and now I really uh, enjoy, yeah, I enjoy yeah. reading a good book. Me too. Me too. That's great. That's great. Anything Anything in particular that you're reading that you'd recommend or that you've read recently? Uh, well, um, yeah, um, I would recommend two books uh-huh. that relate to our times. Yes. One is called uh, The Righteous Mind, How People Are Divided by Politics and Religion. And the second one, I'm in the middle of reading, it's called um, Writing to Persuade. But it's, I believe it's called Writing to Persuade. But anyway, it's uh, by a woman named Trish Hall. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not simply about writing op-eds. She was the op-ed editor of the New York Times. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's also about uh, when you talk to friends and Mm -hmm. you talk to relatives and even a spouse yeah yeah <laughs> what to do and not to do <laughs> understood some of the psychology yeah fees yeah, are, yeah, uh, yeah 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 uh, but uh, the righteous mind is a superb book it was published some years ago okay and uh it incorporates a lot on uh social psychological uh, experimentation but also hmm. gives people a notion that this uh right left divide that we're living through mm-hmm. um, requires understanding on both sides mm-hmm. and um, I think yeah. your listeners will enjoy reading it. That's excellent. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that and, and sincerely appreciate your time. This has been a very engaging and fun conversation and um, every, every time that we get to spend together is, is uh, very valuable and appreciate all the work that you're doing to, to advance apprenticeship in America. Thank you. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you. And thanks to all of our listeners out there. This has been another installment of the IEC podcast series, The Electrical Current. You can check us out over at ieci.org. And if you're interested in career opportunities within the electrical and systems industry, jump over to myelectriccareer.com. That's myelectriccareer.com to learn more and start on your path to achieve your dreams.